Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Yo, yo, yo. We're back for another episode of the New Spurs Order, aka Touchline Hot Spur. We're back. It's been a busy week at the club. Um, we're going to touch on the Palace and the Southampton game, talk about our manager and his comments um, and whatever else comes up. But first, let me introduce the strike duo I've got. Um, got Ira. How you doing, brother? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Cool Michael's here reporting for duty. No NSO, got a rep. <laughs> got a rep, then, formerly known as Lex Luger, but you know, I'm dropping that one out, man. Cool Michael's yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, I hear that, I hear that. And um. Back, I don't want to say back from the grave, but the OG <laughs> coming in straight like Jermaine Defoe. Um, back like I never left, fam. Back like back I never, like left. never left. Teacher, you know what? I've missed out on the. I'm good, bro. I've missed out on the um on the NSO tag name, so I'm gonna have to work on something and, and come back with you, love. Because I like the sound of Corn Michaels and Don Antonio. I feel a little bit envious. I'm not gonna lie. I'm thinking Cyclops, but I know it's already. You're not, so you're not feeling Tilo Brown, no? 
Tilo Brand, you know what? I might be able to work with it. I might be able to work with it. I just feel like the way I didn't have much input in it. Like, you know, imagine, imagine being told one day that from now on we're referring to you as Tilo Brand. <laughs> Takes a bit of getting used to still, but blessings, bro. Good to be here, man. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, let's get straight into it. Let's get straight into it. We've had two games since the last time. Obviously, Merry Christmas to everyone who was listening. Um, over the Christmas period, we had... Um, a London derby, another London derby. Seems like we're all we're doing at the moment is playing London derbies um, against Crystal Palace, and then the Southampton game. Crystal Palace um, was a successful one for us. End up with the win. Um, how did you guys feel going into it? I'll start with you, Teach. Um, going into the game, I felt like we were going to be tested. You know. I felt like Crystal Palace have some creativity, especially in the advanced areas. And yeah, I just felt like it was, uh, I think going into the game, what the average club or the average team that we had played against was circa 14th or something like that. So I thought Crystal Palace could bring something interesting to the table. But yeah, we handled the early pressure well. Um, you know, the structure, the team, you know, that sort of Antonio Conte design and desire was was on display and I was happy about that. Um, there were moments where I thought we could be more creative getting it into that advanced area. Um, but yeah, I was really pleased with the way the mandem pulled together. Um, really pleased with the way the mandem showed out for each other. I didn't get the impression that everyone there I felt was working which is not something I could always say when watching Spurs play football. So it was nice to see that that hunger back, that passion back. Um, and yeah, we walked away with a result, which obviously, you know, was really, really pleasing. I'm sure we'll get into, you know, some of the decisions around the Wolf red card or two yellows mm. and, and that a bit later. But yeah, just in summary, it was a good game, a good result for Spurs. And hopefully, well, obviously, the, the result after that wasn't as promising, but an indicator of what's to come in terms of that passion and enthusiasm for the club, which was nice to see on display. Yeah, and obviously you haven't been on, on the pod of late, but what's your thoughts, before I go to Era, what's your thoughts on Conte so far and his, his system? Like, Boy, are, are you seeing him going, oh, finally, I can enjoy watching this club? <laughs> do you know what? It has... Do you know, I know football is a results business, isn't it? And obviously the results have been great. You can't argue with the results. But just in terms of the the general play, because there was times when Mourinho was getting results, but I was still looking there and a bit a bit cringy. So I'm really, really pleased. I'm not going to lie. I, I couldn't be happier with the way Conte's come in in such a short space of time and had such a, a huge impact. Do you know what I mean? Like whenever they go through the stats on, on Sky Sports or wherever I'm watching, you know, the, the transformation in terms of least conceded in the league and, and all of these, you know, KPIs that were just blowing out of the park, you know, the, the distance travelled. It's obviously a system that's working for Spurs. I get the impression that when we're in the dressing room, we're in there with someone that's reliable, with someone that the players respect and that they want to play for ultimately and play for each other. So, you know what I mean? Like I get a, I'm, I'm a huge fan at the moment. But as I said, it's results business, so things could change fairly quickly. But so far, so good. Honestly, I can't complain. Yeah, we've got a comment here. Um, <laughs> uh, Taboho, it says, you guys look happier, man. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> so he, he, um, 
Drop a message, drop a comment, let us know who, who you follow. I bet he's a gooner. I bet this person is a gooner, probably. Um, but yeah, we are happier. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. I'm beating the league. I know yesterday was just, or Tuesday was disappointing. Um, but here we are. Jermaine, it is a results business. Um, it's great to watch them play. Like I said, I think at home, we've got a bit more de- desire. Um, yeah. Oh, to pose a Chelsea fan. Oh, listen, Chelsea got their own problems, hey? So, yeah, like I said, you know, it's good to see the results are coming in and we're playing well. Everyone looks like they're up for it um, for the most part. Um, Aaron, I'm going to go to you on, on the Palace game. Um, obviously, the back three was pretty standard, apart from Tanganga coming in um, mm. instead of Davies. Um, now we can we assume you know in basketball speak that's a scheduling issue that's a that's a you know so many games in so many days you need to rest especially an older player. Um, Tanganga comes in, but apart from that, team kind of bits itself. Emerson, Skip, Hoiberg, Regrion, Lucas, Son, Kane. Before the game, um, what were your thoughts on that lineup? Um, if I was being honest, I wasn't as confident. Um... Like, I know we've done well in these last few matches, but I feel like we've kind of scraped through um, in a lot of places. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm glad that, um, is it, to, to Boho noticed that we look happier, like, so happy that at the moment we're, um, we're, we're dealing with players like Winks and Deli Ali coming to the squad and, you know what I mean, like, no one's really complaining. Um, it's, not a, it's not booze, it's not a riot. And I think players are getting comfy again. So um, things are happening. Good things are happening. But one thing I was happy with was um, Son and Kane starting the match. Um, and I was happy for Regulon to come back in. I don't think he played the one before that, do you? Uh, I can't remember, actually. What was that? It was West Ham before that. West Ham, did he play? Um, I think he did. Yeah, he played. He started that one. Um, but the game yeah, before, yeah, like, Liverpool, the game when he was testing on, on played the Liverpool one. Um, yeah, I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. And then he got his annual, uh, sorry, his monthly um, muscular injury. <laughs> Nicholas, but anyway. I don't know about Cess, man. I think I think we we we've got some issues in in the on at in the wing backs um, systems, but we'll we'll get to Hermes Real yeah. soon. Yeah. Um. So you said that you weren't as confident heading into the game. Um. Mm. And, and I guess it's it's that old thing, isn't it? It's that. Spurs go on a good run, you think, okay, right, it's just Palace. We need to deal with Palace. The Palace at home, they don't have a good record against us. I don't think they've scored a goal against us at the new stadium. Um, I think um, Bale, even Bale had his best game against them last year. Um, mm-hmm. We beat them 4-0, I think. Um, obviously, it ended up being convincing, but it took us half hour to, to get that first goal. Um, mm-hmm. But in that time, obviously, well, by the time we got to 40 minutes, uh, Zaha was off. Um, this is now the third league game in a row that we're playing against 10 men. Um, is, is there a, is there a 10 man tax on, on some of these results? <laughs> we went from not playing at all to playing against <laughs> 10 men every week, and it's crazy. I think, I think, um, if you're going to take the 10 man tax off, 10 man tax off of this result, um, it's going to be interesting when we take it off of the 1 1 in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a bit. Oh, gosh. Do you know what, though? I kind of feel like we're putting pressure on, which is the reason why 
these these fouls are happening. You know, it's, it's a pressure which we hadn't seen before. Like the press is better. Um, teams are getting frustrated quicker. Um, and I feel like with that, it means that your opposition is forced to make sometimes reckless challenges or, or behave irrationally, pointing out the Wilf incident. Um, so I really think that that pressure is a result of the Conte system. And mm. you know what I'm saying? You've got, you got to give your plaudits to that rather than... I don't think it's luck is what I'm saying. I don't think it's just luck we're suddenly... Anyone can get sent off, obviously, but I don't think it's luck that we're just suddenly up, you know, three times in a row playing people with 10 men, as you pointed out. You know, it's down to the pressure that we're putting on. It's down to the system mm -hmm. that we're playing and, and the threat that Spurs have become or becoming, I should say. I think, mm -hmm. um, I think like Zaha, he definitely took the whole new Spurs order thing too seriously. Like he <laughs> thought he was actually in wrestling. He, yeah. tried to, he tried to do a whole suplex, bro. Like, I don't know what old school thing you get old what I mean like <laughs> try to flip him over but, but yeah I don't know I don't really know what's happening with Zaha right now man he seems like he's got a bit of an attitude problem that like, I know yeah. that those kind of things get thrown around but like I don't know man it's, it's yeah Zaha's always been someone that plays on a bit of an edge like you get the best out mm. of him when mm. you've got the crowd up do you know what I'm saying when when everyone's sort of chanting his name and there's a bit of a bit of teeth in the game like i remember in the the game prior to that where he had his little tussle with tanganga or whatever it was you know what i'm saying even then he paid really well but for someone that experienced you wouldn't expect him to be in a yellow and then you know make the decision that he did to to give to give sanchez the the backwards samaha from hell i mean you you can see the frustration he's just like what Man. Bro, I see him as a real run over. He didn't want none of it, bro. He was just like, how, how could he? <laughs> he was so vexed. Emerson, we're looking at more like, is this what happened? Hey, thank you, bro. <laughs> yeah, real talk, real talk, real talk. But yeah, no, that would have been Gary Ali a couple of years ago, though. That would have been Delhi making those kind of decisions a couple of years ago. So yeah, obviously yeah. Delhi Ali's got now got the experience to not react to those kind of things. You'd imagine that Zaha has as well, someone as experienced as Zaha. So it was surprising, but boy, we'll take it, innit? But I think we would have won the game anyway, to be honest with you. Yeah, we, we were tuning up, we'd we'd scored like two goals in five yeah. minutes. Um, and I think and, and this is what I've been saying on, on, on recent pods and um and any, anyone that's ever asked me, these kind of games. I think with our system and, and the quality we do actually have in the team, if we get to two goals, that's it. I can't see a team chasing a two-goal um, two deficit and being able to put us away. So I think the more they chase, the, it opens up for, you know, your son, your Moras, you know, the runners we've got in the team. Obviously, Kane does all kind of drop deep, link up play kind of thing. Um, on the subject of Kane, though, Teach, this is now... Uh, well, it's now three games in a row that he's scored. We He hasn't scored in back-to-back -back games in a very, very, very long time. I don't think all season. Um, yeah. But now he's he's got three and three. Um, yeah. Only four in the league. Let's not get too carried away. Mm. But are you seeing Kane back to some version of his best? I'm reluctant to say back to anything like back to his best just yet. But I hold Kane in very, very, very high standards. I, mm. I honestly think he's one of the best strikers out and out strikers in the world um and at times you know certainly in the premier league so he's not back to his best yet but what we are seeing is him adapting to the new conte system what we are seeing is 
that confidence come back as well because obviously football is a confidence game man when, when people start scoring you know the, the train continues and I think mm. now that we've got a couple of goals we're up to four now in the league you know I think I think that will do in some good um because Kane gets you goals yes but what he also does is play really really good football he links up really well I'm not mm. yet seeing that part of the game though I'm not gonna lie like there's still that's the bit that's missing for me that final pass playing in sun you know, from, from 50, 60 yards or however long, playing that that yeah. thing, that turn and, do you know what I'm saying? So that's that's the bit that's yet to come for me, but the goals are coming now and we need that. If we're going to stand any chance, I talk a lot about getting top four, but if we're going to stand any chance of getting that, then mm. we need Kane firing on all cylinders and I'm, I'm I'm over the moon to see him back, back in the, back in the, back on the goal sheet, goal scoring mm. sheet. Just to add to that as well, yeah, I don't think it's any coincidence that like, the midfield is starting to be a little bit less chaotic. And then we're starting to see Kane start scoring again, getting back on the score sheet again. Mm. I think, um, I think, yeah, like you said, Conte's tactics are working, man. And some of the players are starting to react. We're getting, we're definitely getting the best out of some players. I, I definitely thought we wouldn't be seeing again in Spurs shirts. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll touch on some of them later. Um, I think, I mean, for a minute, I'm just kind of adding again to what you said. When Conte came in, he said, I want Kane to play up. I don't want him to be too deep. I don't want that Euro 2020 Kane. Mm. Right? I don't I don't need that in my system. And, and to be honest, it does mean that we need to sort the midfield out because, you know, we'll touch on it a little bit later, but there are some issues there. Um, we're moving the ball forward at, at speed. But we can see how lethal Kane is when he's in and around those areas. I think just before he scored, he had a chance um, in the Palace game Um Similar to like Liverpool, you know, obviously before he scored that goal, he had the, the chance where he kind of spun and it got blocked. So he's looking sharp. He's looking to get into these um, good positions and it's now paying off. Mm. And I think it's one of the ones where when Kane is scoring, I think the whole team now feels a bit better. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Another player I want to touch on, especially from the Palace game, and I think we noticed his absence against Southampton, is that uh, Lucas Moore. You know, yeah. he's the ultimate, um, and I say this with respect, the ultimate squad player. <laughs> um, he's he's respect the glue. Yeah, like he's the glue. Everyone loves him. Everyone gets on with him. You know, the fans love him. Obviously, he gave us you know a special night back in 2019. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he's been very influential in, in a lot of games. You know, he carries the ball well. We saw it even under Jose in, in some games, mm -hmm. right, under Nuno in some games. Carries the ball very well. Um, scored an absolute rocket um, mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. Um, and then he scores one, and, and, you know, for a guy who's probably half my size, um, he can get up and head that ball. Yeah. Um, what did you think, um, era of his performance overall? Um, I think... I think it's safe to say that like Lucas is is looking like he's turning turned that corner. Like he's he's playing really well. Um and to be fair, we've seen flashes of that before. It's just we've we've complained a lot, I think, about like the end product. And um I don't know if he said it in the group chat earlier in the week, but it's like Conte has just drilled it into his head, like release the ball. And now that he's releasing the ball at earlier times, it's like the moves are progressing. He's getting extra touches on the ball that he wouldn't have got before, that he, may, he might have lost the ball. Do you know what I mean? Just by mm. holding on to it for too long, man. So um, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Um, I'm loving him being on the end of these balls because I'm starting to see the long ball get back into the squad with um, Dyer as well, with Winks. 
Um, so it's looking, it's looking positive. It's looking positive. Mm. Yeah. I think that's another thing. You've got different ways to 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 break down an opponent. Um, yeah. We're still not where we need to be. I think we again we will talk about this in a bit. We need more midfielders. We need more progressive midfielders, especially in the attacking sense. Um, but you can go for that long ball option out to the wing backs. You can go um, maybe through the middle, through wings. You know, like we saw um, with the assist for the goal that got ruled out against Southampton. Um, you can see, you know, Kane linking up, Moore driving the ball, Son driving the ball. There's different ways that we can get into goal scoring opportunities, and I think that shows in the fact that our numbers of of shots per game has gone up. Um, where you know creating more chances, where you know the whole XG thing um, is looking a lot more positive. Um, so we get the W there, three um, <clears> nil. <throat> London derby, Boxing Day. Kane scores on Boxing Day as he always does. Um, that's 15 straight Boxing Days um, that Spurs have won in you know consecutively. Um, it's not really we're not really a club for records um, in, in a good sense, but that's one of the ones that you can say in a pub quiz um, in the years to come. Um, but yeah, so and then we go on to Southampton two days later. Um, and I know I said this off. Um... I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Off camera or before we went live, playing twice a week with this squad, you can see the drop off. You know, we saw it against West Ham in the second half. We were holding on to, to that that two one lead for, for dear life at some point. Um, what was your thoughts, teacher, before we went into the Southampton game? Did you feel confident? Did you think, right, here we go, we're just going to put these guys away? Yeah. Um, so I feel like we have depth in players but not necessarily the depth required to meet this Conte system. Like, mm. Ali in this system doesn't really match up. He's not playing on the... He can't really naturally play on the wing. He doesn't really play in those deeper roles. He's more of a number 10 traditionally. Undumbele, the same. He can't really do that holding role. I'm not sure if he's disciplined enough. Um, So I knew there was going to be a bit... Well, I expected there to be a bit of rotation. But I was a little worried how well it would work. Because I feel like without having Skip and Hoiberg in that sort of middle pivot, um, the structure somewhat falls apart. Like there's not that foundation for the advanced midfielders and attackers to then build upon and, and start mm. playing progressive football. So, yeah, I mean, and not just that, but in general, Southampton needed those three points probably more than Spurs did, maybe, I'd, I'd, I'd suggest. So, 
you know, there was, there was a questionnaire about how, how much we would want it, what the desire would look like. And, yeah, do you know what? To be honest, I feel like we should have done better there, man. Obviously, despite the 10 man, like, 11 against 11, you you expect Spurs to beat Southampton. Let's let's be clear yeah. on that. And that's no disrespect to Southampton. It's just that we are honestly a level above that. Um, You know, they, they played a, a very, very disciplined game. The press they had was superb. I'm not going to lie, mm. as good as the prep I've seen. And we didn't necessarily have all of the time anyway, the creativity in, in the midfield. I mean, shout out to Winks, though. I want to give an honourable mention to Winks because I'm not Winks' biggest biggest fan. I'll acknowledge that. But... No one on this no one on this lineup currently is. <laughs> oh, oh, but I'm not going to lie. He had a few hairy moments, but someone who wants to ball as much as Winks wants to ball is always going to be under pressure and going to have to react. And, and to be fair to him, he was playing some good passes, he always had his head up looking for the pass ahead before the ball got to him. He was always moving around, making himself available and still playing quite disciplined football. So, you know, I think I think we had a few shining lights there. Um, it was really disappointing to not get three points, especially when they went down to 10 men. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly speaking, those are the points that we need. Those are the mm-hmm. those are the three points that we need. It's it's, it's cool taking a point against Liverpool. That's cool. But when you're against Southampton, ten man, you need three points. You know, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna be serious about what Spurs want to achieve, top four, which is the same thing we want to achieve every year. Let's be honest. Then we need to take three points there. But we didn't. Um, but still, the show goes on. You know, there were there was obviously in that second half a lot more intent from Spurs. Um, and to be fair to Southampton, they still gave it a goal. I'm not gonna. They didn't just sit down. They didn't sit back and and rest and say I'm I'm happy with a point here. They still gave it a goal. So they still tested us, um, which I think kept us on the toes a little bit because we we probably didn't want to lose more than we wanted to win. So mm. it is what it is. Yeah, it's a good point there. I think maybe is it is it a case of recent situations like the game against Moa in in the ECL um, where we've just you know, lost it in the last five, 10 minutes. Obviously, we you know West Ham last year. You know, this team has, um, unfortunately, a, a good memory of being ahead in games and and, one, and maybe not being as smart, street smart. Were we playing a bit too safe, do you reckon, they were in the, in the second half? Um, I think... Um... I think we, we we did play a bit too safe in the second half. I think we also opened up the game a bit too um, safe, a bit groggy, if you get what I mean. And I think Southampton took advantage of that. Um, I was saying in the group chat, like I thought Kyle Walker-Peters was just pressuring um, Regulon, like he wouldn't let him up the pitch. He wouldn't <coughs> he defend. Like, he's just, bad, boy. Yeah, he's just coming for him. And like, um, I'm not going to act like Regulon folded or like Kyle Walker-Peters had some amazing game, but I was just going to say the tactics was, was affecting how effective um, it was messing up how effective Regulon could be, I would say, or limiting how effective he could be. Um, I thought we were we were laboured, man, in that second half. I think Winks was definitely our best player in the wing, in the midfield, but I'd also say that's not much of an accolade in this game. Like um, Herbier wasn't wasn't too great. Do you know what I mean? Deli Ali was he was a shadow in this game. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You didn't really get anything off. Like, he was well, he was playing a bit for, like, a, a different kind of role. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't figure it out, to be honest. Yeah, it was almost it like he was, he was in instead of Mora, and sometimes he was out on the wing, sometimes he was dropping into yeah. the field. I don't think he knew where he was supposed to be, to be honest. 
Yeah, yeah, I, it was one of them games, man. And it it breaks my heart to disrespect Delhi Ali because everyone knows that's my guy. Everyone knows Delhi Ali, <laughs> and I always ride for Delhi. There'll always be a soft spot in my heart for Delhi. But half an hour went past, wasn't impressed. Forty five minutes went past, wasn't impressed. I think it got to what sixty minutes or so, and I was just thinking, get him yeah. off. Honestly yeah. speaking, I was just thinking, get him off. And it's a shame as well because was it was it Liverpool that he played really well in and, and missed yeah. like a, a you know one or two sitters or you know ha- had one or two good attempts and you want him to build on that you know you want him to take that 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 encouragement into the next game you know Southampton arguably a lower opposition more time on the ball perhaps but Deli Ali needs to play with his back to goal and he needs to come in short, get the ball, turn around, find a pass, do something creative, beat somebody and, and open up some space, unlock it. But he, he just, he just, I think the press was too much for him that he didn't, he wasn't afforded any time on the ball to to, to do what Deli Ali does. On top of that, positionally, he was all over the place. Like he, he's not a natural winger. He can't play that that Lucas Moore or that Bergeron role. It, there's no space for the number 10 in his system. So, and, but at times he was sort of drifting behind Kane. So I don't know, maybe he was given a little bit of freedom. Owen was good, bro. Maybe he was given a little bit of freedom. But yeah, man, like I was, it was a really disappointing game to watch Deli Ali. I'm not going to lie. I was heartbroken to see that. And yeah, it's rare that I call for his, call, call for him up. But, but Deli Ali will still come good. He'll still have some big moments for Spurs. He's still got, he's still got a future with us. But yeah. Before, was, before we move on, before we move on. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you feel about Deli Ali's future? Like, are you saying if an offer came in for Deli Ali, like, I don't even yeah. know what an offer for Deli Ali would look like. It needs to be 30 million plus. It needs to be 30 million. You'd, it would need to be 30 million for you to let him go. So if a 20 million offer came in, you'd, you'd rather keep Deli Ali? I'd rather keep Deli for 20 million. I don't yeah. think we need 20 million. The thing is, you know, think about the things that we said earlier. We need creative midfielders. Deli Ali's a creative midfielder. He's a creative midfielder. And on top of that, yeah, look, He's a lot more physical now than he's been. But you know what? He's just, his, his form is just is just so shocking right now. But he needs game time as well, to be fair to him. He's not playing. He's hardly playing. He's the boy from game time. But it's just, does he fit? You know what? It's, does he fit the system? And like, it's hard for me to say he naturally fits this new content system, which I, I like, which I really like. So, yeah, there, there's tough times ahead for Delhi. But as I said, he will always have a soft spot in my heart. Team light skin. Bang, bang. If he... If, <laughs> If, if he's still at the club in August next year, I'll be very surprised. Um, <laughs> I'll be very surprised. Very surprised. I think it's I think it's done for him. Um he is sad. He's given you know some great moments. He's scored some big goals in big games. Um relatively big games as big games as you can get for um for for Spurs. Um, you know, a couple of semi-finals here and there um against top opposition. But I just can't see it. I just, I just can't see him, especially in this system. I just, just can't see it happening. Um, but we'll, we'll see, you know, Conte is always going to make some decisions moving forward. Um, Owen, expat, joining us. Um, my friend, you come at a good time. We're just talking about the Southampton game, obviously disappointing, playing against 10 men, they sit in, um, and it looked like we only had one midfielder. On, on yeah, did we mention who the man of the match was? Or did we not get um, to that? No, yet? we hadn't got to that just yet. Getting there, just getting there. Wasn't, it, wasn't it Prowse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, technically, it was Ward Prowse. <laughs> it was actually Ward Prowse. Um, Our Spurs Twitter voted man of the match then. <laughs> I, I really see the thing is, I when I joined the pod, I, I gave this guy so much help. Do you know what I mean? 
I said, I said, I want to see him just holding the bags like a true academy player, you know, just, just carry through the bags on and off the coach. But it looks like Harry Winks is having a bit of a resurgence. And Owen, you've Wait. been team Winks from, from very early. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you the floor for a moment just to speak on not only his Southampton performance, but what you think going forward he, he's going to do for this um, this Conte system. Wow. Uh, fair play, man. Um, I could be really, really shameless, and I will a little bit. I think that fair play to Money Mace, Max. He was onto something. He dropped Ndombele <laughs> to play Winks in the Carabao Cup final. Everyone was like, Why? Why? You see, me no, jokes aside, um, <laughs> jokes aside, I didn't have time to write any speech, I've just come from work. But, um, <laughs> no, fair play. I'd always thought there was a player in it, and he's always sorted my aesthetic for the type of player he is, being the metronome type to dictate tempo in a game. Um, because when he does it well, it, it looks gorgeous, to be fair, and with. His, I say previous managers perhaps not having a kind of set plan of build-up play. Winks ne- didn't necessarily have the plan to follow and everyone looked really disjointed. Even like our best midfielders couldn't really thrive properly under old regimes. So um, Harry Winks at the time, I guess, wouldn't have stood much of a chance. Now Conte's come in with a a real a real kind of precise plan for building. He Everyone knows their jobs. So Winks being the type of player he is, he's very good at following those rules of build-up play. I call them rules for lack of a better word. I don't know what coaches would call it. But the, um, yeah, I'd say he's very good at following them and it shows that straight away. Um, I don't want to get too excited about him now, to be fair. Like he has had a fast um, two few good games. He's shown that he's got that passing range back where he was a kind of accused of being a bit safe before um i would begrudgingly agree with that um but yeah especially against southampton that like you see he was the protagonist in a lot of our best moves like the ball to sun for him to win the penalty um was he the one that played in the cross for doherty to oh, sorry number two to um <laughs> challenge forster in that weird ghost goal which should have stood um, yeah, he was key in a lot of the good play we did, although he did have one or two hairy moments. There was one time he stepped over the ball, went to take it with him, and then ended up um, luckily not being punished for it uh, when he lost it just outside mm. our own box. But no, going forward, man, I think as long as he can keep that passing range um, popping off, as well as being as press-resistant as he <clears> has <throat> been and as good with his pass selection as he has been, See, just knowing when just to keep it safe, knowing when to reset and knowing when to get the ball forward. I think he's really hit a nice rhythm now. Um, but as I say, I don't want to get too excited for him. He has got to continue this. It has only been two games. Um, and I think Conte's comments with um, with him today was kind of built and designed to do two things. One, give him a kind of justified pat on the back because I'm sure he's probably half aware from the press officer as far as that he's getting scapegoated to hell. Even after the Southampton game, apparently he was getting um, uh, certain comments lobbied at him. So I think um, it will be kind of, it's good for Conte to alleviate that kind of pressure from him mm. saying he's been relied on. And with his wording, he's... Um, 
saying he's a midfielder he can rely on. Um, so paraphrase him a little bit there. I think it's obviously aiming a little bit of uh, to it's aiming to light a fire up some of the other midfielders' asses, essentially, mainly <laughs> Tongi. Um, I don't know if you guys have spoken about him yet, but I think it's yeah, aimed at um, other midfielders, I, I probably Lo Celso as well, right? Um, yeah. even though he sees him as an attacker. Uh, to try and like fight their ass and be that guy that can be dependable because like Fabregas had it at Chelsea uh, under Conte and he was asked to prove himself again and we all know how class Fabregas was. Um, Tongi, I think he can still do that as well. So yeah, um, I was even, I think it was Ohio's brother, suddenly enough, in the comments that was saying that I had a howler saying that I would Love to see a Winks on Dombele midfield under Conte. Um, would still love Thank that now. Over. I still have Thank stocks over. in them both. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> like fair play to Winks. And uh, this, I think there's still hope for Tongi as well. Quick, quick like, question. They've just got to continue these good performances, man. Like two games, fair play. He's halfway there. If he continues it for the rest of the season, then boy, 40 million. I'm saying no. <laughs> um. I wanted to ask, like, with, with all the good, the positive plaudits coming Winks' way, like with Conte saying that he can rely on him, um, what do you think about um, trusted sources at the NSO saying that he's just a, um, a Pia Mash Modric? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, just for context. That's not, that's, that's not the worst thing to be called. Pia Mash Modric. That's what he was called today. In Weren't those uh, credible sources saying that he had gravy <laughs> as well? <laughs> <laughs> this is the top gravy uh yeah no it's not the worst thing to be called um he can be my pie and mash modric with gravy as long as he continues <laughs> these performances that's that's not a bad name yeah yeah, yeah we'll i'd see. take that i can't lie we will see what happens so let, let's segue into this this conversation about our midfield um we spoke i think it was two weeks ago on the pod about defenders that you might want to sign we looked at our defense you know we know that Conte is known for keeping quite a tight rotation of those those defenders. Um, it's obvious, you know, looking at the performances of uh, Deli Ali being inconsistent, Hoiberg looking a bit off the pace, and Dombele hardly getting any minutes. I mean, this house was just injured anyway. Um, and there's not much to really praise apart from Winks and Skip. And, and we've got by, you know, we've obviously got some results, but we'll be going into a semi-final against Chelsea. We'll be going into... Um, obviously we've got to play a lot of the big six in the second half of the season bigger games, games that decide whether you're in the top four, the top six or the top eight um, Teacher, would you reckon who, in your pecking order who would you, how would you rate our midfielders, so we're going to give you uh, so we've got Skip, Winks Hoiberg, Ndombele Ali so those five uh, primarily central midfielders yeah um, Skip has transformed under Conte. I mm. think he's now a lot more reliable. He's he's matured. He's stronger. He's running around a lot, and you can't have a bad game running, in my opinion. He he, he gives it. He, he's someone on that pitch that is almost like that 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 glue in the midfield. He does the ugly work. He plays it simple. He keeps it ticking. Um, and it's hard for him to have a really bad game because of his work ethic. Um, I don't think he's blessed with tons and tons of talent like Tangi is, but 
he makes up for it with his with his commitment with his commitment non-stop running was making himself available always trying to find a space playing it safe as well which i think is important especially in your deeper positions um hoiberg looked a bit tired i, I still think hoiberg's a quality midfielder but he just looked a bit tired to me um so it works in the system him playing next to skip i think we've seen that before but it doesn't give us that creativity that I think we need if we're going to be pressuring these bigger top six teams, which is where the likes of Tangi and, and Deddy then come in. But we need them to be in form. Um, mm. If I was to sort of rank them zero to hero, on form, I would say, on, on form under Conte, I would say Skip is up there, Winks is up there. Tangi needs more time, more get. I can only imagine Conte's not been impressed with what he's seen in training or wherever he's watched him because he, he's not getting much minutes at all. Um, but to be fair, when he did play, he played. He slotted in a nice pass through to to Harry Kane for the assist in what, what goal? What game was that? Was that the Crystal Palace game? Liverpool. Liverpool, Liverpool game. Sorry, yeah. So to be fair to him, he he's, he's still got that trick in his bag in it. But it's just a case of. Conte demands people playing with intensity, and I don't know if he can keep that up for 60 minutes, let alone 90. So, mm. you know, it's hard to put him all the way up in the pecking order. But I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying I don't know because uh, he's not getting that opportunity. And then Deli Ali, he just doesn't fit the Conte system as far as I can see. Uh, I don't think he can play that deeper role. I don't really think he can play in the advanced area because there's more emphasis on people playing in the wing, wing spaces. So, yeah, man, I'm not going to lie. Like, for the time being, I think Skip is up there, Winks is up there, Hoiberg is up there by default because he naturally plays that position and plays it relatively well. Um, and then we need to try and get Ndumbele and Deli Ali involved in this system somehow, and we need to get them playing well. And we need them players if we stand a chance of getting that top four. That's a fact, because we haven't got the creativity. Winks is creative, but we haven't got the creativity in Hoiberg, Winks and Skip alone to then be breaking down those better disciplined teams with a, with a better press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what we saw even against Southampton when they went to 10 men. They said, all right, you know, break us down. And there was, there was about three possessions in a row where Hoiberg got on the ball and Emerson or whoever was out on, on, on the right wing-back position was screaming for it. He hasn't got it in him. He looks up and he's just like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and we know against 10 men, one of the, one of the fundamental they, they things you, you learn in football against 10 men is you switch play. You have yeah. them moving across. Piper has taken five, six touches, and they're all small touches. They're all safe touches. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see um, what happens with that because I think, I don't think it'll be sold anytime soon, um, but I definitely feel like he'll go out of the rotation if we improve the midfield in the January kind of window. Um, Era, what's your thoughts on, on Pierre? Um, you know, last year he was the Viking warrior. He does a great fist bump, um, but I'm, I'm not sure what else at the moment. What about you? Um, I, I I feel like um, last year Hoybier was was more playing the role that Skip is getting now, and I think he looked better in that role. But I think Skip is is great in that role. I wouldn't replace him. So um, the role that Hoybier is playing now, I don't think he can really chat to Winks in it. So he's got some problems. Do you know what I mean? He can't chat to Winks in one role. He can't chat to Skip in, Skip in the other. And, like, I think um, 
I think one of the problems for Hoybier is his average is not high enough. His average performance is not high enough. He can, so he came in a good performance. But I think um, if you look at Wink's average performance, I think if we if we include everything, like not just the bad stuff, the recent stuff, if we include everything, I think Wink's average performance tends to be better than Hoybier. Um, mm. He's just struggled under recent managers. So I don't know, man. I think if I was putting it in... I think I think the reason why Hobier is in the team right now is because he's reliable. You're always going to get that average. Like he hasn't been very up and down. He's either giving you that average or a bit above. But I don't think that's going to be enough to keep him in this team. He's, it's only because there's certain players mm-hmm. like Deli Ali who can't even meet their own average at the moment. Yeah. So that's yeah. Like it. we know what we're going to get with Hoiberg, whether it's whether we like it or not. Contribution mm-hmm. you said about wing, I can count on him. I think mm-hmm. that's the situation now. I can count on Hoiberg. Um. Owen, what's your midfield lineup? You got fits in midfield three. Um, currently, I've got to say it will probably be Skip, Winks, and Ondombele. Um, I don't. I know, like we might say, like our Hoybier's average performance is better than okay most, and he might be reliable in the eyes of Conte. But I, I just want to know what Conte's seen in him. While Hoybier has been under his tenure to make him think he's reliable, because under Conte, honestly, he hasn't been. I think the only good game he's had under Conte was against West Ham, which we all had the fortune of seeing live, and that was one half before he gassed out. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, the rest of the team gassed out. So we got Skip, who's playing well and expressed himself more under Conte. You got Winks, who's um, playing back to how he was before. Um, with improved tenacity as well. And Ndombele, who I think can still, like Conte was saying um, in the press conference, he's a midfielder. A lot of people read that as he's done. I wasn't even sure what he meant by that. But for me, I don't I don't see anything from when delhi has been playing um, advanced midfield position, like what he sees in Delhi that Tongi can't do to a better extent because technically Ndombele is a much better player. So for me, I definitely have Ndombele as the most advanced midfielder. Um, I don't wings in for Hoibier. Hoibier needs a rest anyway, man. Like I feel like some of, I think the the downturn in his performance is correlated with him just playing too many games. And I think he was maybe one of those that just had COVID as well. So um, yeah, if we're able to rotate him in and out and see an upturn in his performances, and he has a half like he did against West Ham, where he was actually expansive, not just with his passing, but he was running forward and breaking lines with his underlapping runs. We saw that and it actually ended up in a goal. Um, but if he's not doing that on a game-by-game basis because he's too tired, then there's just no point. Um, if we're getting consistent performances like we are getting at the moment, from Skip, from Winks, and hopefully Ndombele can work his way in, then that would be my best midfield. I think it's the most balanced as well. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, for yeah. me, the currently, until we make works. human changes. <clears throat> yeah, it works. If we're going to go down the 3-5-2 route, um, it, it frees um, midfield uh, and Ndombele up to do the creative stuff like we saw against Liverpool. Um, it worked because he had, it was Ali... And Dombele and Winks. Um, Ali was a bit more reserved at times. 
Um, and then Dominic got into those like, kind of those pockets of space and was able to obviously got the assist for Kane's goal, which was a great pass, which we know he's capable of. Um, it is frustrating with Tongi. And I think, again, he's another one that I don't think will be sold in this window, but I can't see, you know, he has to really prove a point. Mm. Um, and I think that's what Conte was getting at. It's like, he's a midfielder. He's just there. It's not something that I'm like, oh, he's going to be great for me or whatever. It's just, He's in my team, he's in my squad. Right, okay, let's see what he can do over the next six months. Um, like I said, there will be big games. Um, <clears throat> got a good comment here about you know us away from home. Yes, we're unbeaten the league, but we've had we've won all the home games, but we've drawn the away games. We've drawn against Everton. Obviously, that was only just a few days after Conte had come in. Um, and then we struggled against Southampton, even when they went down to 10 men. So is that the issue there as well? Away from home, do we our midfielders can't, you know, control a game? Um, if that is the case, looking at January, um, obviously transfer windows settings. By the time this comes out, um, it will be the new year. You know, by the time this pod comes out uh, on Saturday, um, what are we saying then? January first, if you can sign a midfielder, does anyone have anyone? I'm going to open up to everyone. Anyone have anyone in mind that they think? Yep, yeah, definitely, I'm going to go spend some money. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Can I- what are you? I'm trying to think of a viable player that actually has a good final pass on him. Um, for me, I've always had reservations about the player I'm about to say, but purely because he's played under Conte before, he's high energy, he's familiar with his patterns, and um, again, has a good final pass. I'd still probably go for Brozovic. Brozovic, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll probably go for Brozovic if he's willing to lead a team which is currently on the title challenge. Um, for a bigger pay packet because he's at an age where this is going to be his last big contract and we can obviously Inter are a better team than us they're probably going to win another trophy this year but we can probably triple his wage packet at the same time so who knows if we can convince him then I'd probably go for him that's probably going to be our most viable player in my opinion that we can sign in January yeah okay teacher you got anyone that you think you bring in to, to help beef us up because I think with the players that we've got, you add a quality starter, and then you've got Hobart coming off the bench to see out a game 25 minutes. You yeah. know, you've got even if you don't play a Winks, but you've got Winks as an option to come off the bench, you've got Skip plus a, a, a bona fide, you know, midfield um, general, as it were, who can really dominate a game and control a game, a bit like how we see Jorginho for Chelsea. Um, mm-hmm. But when Jorginho's not there, Kovacic can kind of do that role. Um, obviously, you know, they're playing next to Kante, so that makes a lot of a difference as well. What do you reckon, mate? 
Well, I was quite happy about the transfer rumours linking us with, um, is it Kessie? Is that how you pronounce his name? Kessie. Yeah, Frank Kessie, I think. Yeah, yeah. Frank Kessie. He looks like a, a box-to-box type player. Um, I haven't seen much of AC this season, but from what I had a quick look when I saw the links, the transfer rumours, I, I had a quick look at his sort of highlight reel, which I know is a dangerous thing to do. But he looked like the sort of player that could help out, to be honest with you. And I think he, he's obviously a relatively realistic target, someone that we probably could obtain, someone that um, Conte obviously knows, having played in that league before. Um, so I wonder if he could be someone that adds a bit of strength, a bit of structure, kind of like what Pierre first did when he joined from Southampton. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he could do in a Spurs shirt. Um, but yeah, I think I just saw the comment there from Olga. He's only a slight upgrade on, on PH, which is actually which is absolutely true. Um, but yeah, being... yeah, I, I was I, I was a big Kessie fan last season. I think I saw him, I've watched him a few times, um, mm. but definitely like in the Champions League, I think it was against Man United, um, played that with Blind. I think even though they still went out, um, he's looked good over the past couple of seasons. I've watched him in, in bits. So coming into the season, I was definitely, yeah, Frank Kessie, bring him into midfield, especially now when Conte took over. And then I made the mistake of watching a few of Kessie's um, <laughs> recent games. <laughs> and boy, he's been stinking up the joint. I'm not going to lie. He's been stinking up the joint. There was one game, I, can't, I think it was in the Champions League, where, um, was it against Liverpool? Yeah, I think it was Liverpool. Um, he couldn't even string. I don't think he made five passes in a row in the first half. Like, and he's one of them possession plays, you know, the ball comes through him, you know, he's involved in most moves, and he was given the ball away three three times out of five. Um, wow. Now, some people have said that it could be because he knows his contract is up, he doesn't want to be at the club, he wants to move on, he's hearing all these rumours, has his head, you know, been affected by that, a bit like a Harry Kane situation, you know, the kind of drill. Um, I hope it is, but that's a big risk for us to take, because we need mm. players to come in and bang. No more in Kudu's no more Clinton and G's, no more uh, the Mellors, no more, none of that. We need players to come in and bang. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. so I, I like the Kessie shout, but it is a massive risk. Mm. Uh, anyone else got any other names? Yeah, I've I got, I got, I got a little suggestion. I think I've made it before. Um, I still think it's possible. I still think it's possible. Obviously, it's getting more and more expensive by the week. Because this guy's this guy's stocks are flying up, man. But um, I'm gonna add to to add to him. The reason why I like him, I think that he not only can help us in the midfield; he's a bit more attacking than some of the options we've got. But he also gives us a wide option as well, and I think he can make a difference in the front three if the time calls for it. Um, and my guy, I think Owen noticed it, but it's Nkunku, man. That's my guy. I feel like he's he's okay. a serious guy. Whoever gets him is gonna be laughing. And like I can imagine him linking up with um people like Tange and being a problem. Yeah. Drinken with the year yeah. he's had though that he'd come Spurs. That's the thing. I don't know, but he's been that's, there that's about three been. years now. Yeah, it's, it's that's always gonna be the issue. But I think I think if we did get him, it wouldn't be more than like 60 million, I don't think. You're looking like 50, mm. 60. And I think we can get we can round that up. <laughs> I think I think what we we're in a great position now where Conte um, Conte can pull players in 
And I hope that's that's what we're going to see in January. Um, when we're saying, oh, is he going to come to Spurs? No Europe for at least six months. Hopefully, it's Conte that can pull some of these guys in and say, look, yeah. come be a part. We know what we're doing here. You see, you see the upturn. You see how I've got them playing. Harry Kane is scoring. Harry Kane's happy. He's sticking around. Get involved. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm personally a Bishuma fan. I like Bishuma okay. from Especially in a short term. Not, I don't want him as a short term option. But you get him in for six months. He knows the league. Most of our games are going to be in the league. And then and then that brings our rotation a bit tighter. Skip, Bissouma, Winks, Hoiberg and Dombele. Ali we probably have to just hold bench for a little bit. Um, or even play further and forward in that front three if you can get that figured out. Um, and then you go in the summer and get another midfielder and then the likes of a Hoiberg hold bench a bit. Do you know what I mean? So that's how I would build my squad. I'd get my first player in as someone who I know can do me a job for the next six months at least. Mm. Right? And then we go, we build from that and then we have a Basuma in our team um, to kind of build from that. But as one of this comment just here from Go Getter just said, Hmm. to make sure he bust case. You know what I mean? Like, right, you need to keep him out of the arch in Brighton. Fucking hell. Listen. I cannot believe he got <laughs> kicked out of there. You have to do so well to be kicked out of the yeah, arch there's, in Brighton. There's a few legal issues with Bissouma. Hopefully, um, yeah, he can bust so the have, case. Yeah, we have to be careful. He's an innocent man. Yeah, we have to be careful about that. We don't want no um, Mendy FC um, building up in our team. Um, so looking ahead, guys. Um, Looking ahead, we've got Watford at the weekend, first game of 2022. Um, Emmanuel Dennis seems to want to always score, um, but the rest of the team is pretty dead. They've got Sissoko as a captain, I think, like really. Um, <laughs> and then the big one next week, Chelsea uh, midweek. Am I going to regret my words about Watford? Are they are they going to put us the fast one? It's, it's, yeah, hopefully it's the spirit of Danny Rose doesn't catch us all for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do we reckon, guys? I want to give it open to everyone. Watford. Um, one nil. Actually, no, two one because Dennis will probably score. Uh, yeah, two one. I'm hoping. After seeing what, um, who did they play last? They lost quite heavily at home. Was it to Leicester? Uh, West Ham. West Ham. Yeah, we've got to beat them at least two one. West Ham went oh. there out of form and. Obviously, Kingdom. So, even though, yeah, they're going to have Sissoko and maybe even Rose will play and have a point to prove. But for sure, I see us uh, trying to get the job done. And yeah. also, go try and get the job done. But getting the job done, 2 1. It's away from home. It's away from home. Yeah. So it's, 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 yeah. That's, that's been our, that's been <clears> our <throat> Achilles heel. Eric, you were going to say something? I was just going to say, like, I, I hope for a 2-1, but I think we might struggle maybe to break them down. Like, they might just play those two banks of four or something and just dig in and just say, <laughs> come at us. And I, I don't know if we've um, turned that corner fully yet. I think Winks is doing better, but I just don't know if we've turned that corner fully yet. Depends who we play, man. But um, I'll go for a 1-1 right now. Yeah, I'll back, I'll back Owen. I'll go for a 2-1. I think... Um... We've definitely got what it takes to beat them. I just think we've got to be sensible. The, the way I will see us losing this game or, or walking away with level points is if we're trying to be too smart at the back, trying to trying to play out too often, 
um, when we're under pressure as well. And the, the pass isn't always an obvious one. I've noticed Eric Dyer tends to do that quite a bit and it really does piss me off. I'm not going to lie. Not that he's, he's been playing really well in the Conte, don't get me wrong, but, <clears throat> but too, too often I'm seeing him trying. It looks like he's trying to impress. Like he's trying to do the John Stones thing when really, truly, Eric Dyer just pass it to the right or to the left and do your job in terms of defending, bro, and I'll be happy with that. Um, but yeah, now nah, I'm going for a two-one. I think I think I think Kane will get a goal. He'd be dying for one, uh, and I think you know with the attacking prowess of 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 Son, uh, maybe Lucas Mora, uh, you know, it'd be too much for them. Yeah, um, Deli Ali used to love this fixture, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, Sorry, he used to love playing against Palace. He used to love playing against Arsenal. He used to love playing in those games. Like, <laughs> in the past couple of years, come back to play these teams and be absolutely dead. Actually, funny, all the highlights that I saw from um, on like the Spurs Twitter or whatever about you know our, our previous matchups, you know, top five goals against Southampton. Deli Ali's involved. There was one 2017, you know, in the yellow away kit. You know, he's doing doing bits. So. I actually thought, you know, going back to Southampton game, I thought we might see something from him, but obviously we didn't. Um, so Watford play like a four-five-one. Um, are they going to stifle us if if we don't? You know, who do we play to to unlock that four-five-one? Do we go with a three-five-two to match them across the middle? Um, how do we how do we get around that? Because that's going to be that's going to be something we have to come up against. I've got an idea to throw out here. Yeah. You lot tell me what you think. But what about um, starting Brian Hill on the um, as a wing back? Not not a wing back, sorry. Like um, <clears throat> as a winger, play with three at the back. I was thinking he would actually do quite well. I was thinking like even against Southampton, he would have done well yeah, with the ten in between the strikers, yeah. or on the left side of wing back. I thought he was quite limited on the right, and um, he actually almost scored. To be fair, but he says his favourite position is on the left. Like, as soon as he came in on the right, though, it was like that was the first time he got a good crossing in the whole game. It felt like yeah. <laughs> he was our best crosser from the right all game. Yeah, yeah. even then he had to take it on his left foot. So I think he is quite, quite naturally mm, inclined to to play on the left to just to give that you know to, that extra second of time that you need rather than having to to switch foot or, or change the angle. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see him on that in that sort of left wing position. Um, does he have the energy to do it? You know, ninety minutes would be interesting. So to get upwards and backwards, because I think that's what's needed in that role. But yeah, I think it'd be an interesting watch. Mm. Yeah, the thing, the thing with Brian, he's he's as old scored as his haircut, um, in the sense that you know he does. He's a left footer who wants to play left wing. I mean, none of this inverted forward stuff, none of this new hybrid attacker business. Put me out in the wing and I'm going to take my guy to the byline. A bit like how we used to see Aaron Lennon. Shout out to Aaron Lennon. He scored a goal today against Man United. But yeah. Um, yeah, like he's, he's classic in that sense. He wants to get to the wing. So I was surprised to see him on the right, um, even though he did decent there. Um, in terms of starting him, I think I would probably, funny enough, one of the rare bright moments that Nuno had, um, he played him in, in a kind of advanced midfield role in one of the early... Um, Euro games, I think it was the Paco Raban game. Um, I can't remember <laughs> what the name was. Um, and actually, he did quite well. I think he's good at picking up the ball in space, he can drive at players. He's similar to Moore in that he has no fear driving at a player. Um, and he can get past a player like 
with ease. Um, I think we need a bit of excitement in that sense. Um, I think we need a bit of that. So I wouldn't be upset if he started, um, if it's a 3-5-2, him kind of floating behind Kane and Son. Um, but whatever it is, we have to get this win, man. We have to get this win because we need to make sure we're keeping the pressure on. Um, other teams have quite tricky games. Obviously, we know um, Arsenal got Man City. Um, it's not it's not a given that they're going to lose that game. But if they do, we need to make sure that we've got points in the bag to capitalise. Um, and then we've got Chelsea. Chelsea on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, I think it's the 5th of Jan. First leg. Um, first leg of the Carabao Cup semi-final. Spurs versus Chelsea, or Chelsea versus Spurs, to put it in the correct order. Um, I don't know how to feel about this game, if I'm completely honest. I watched Chelsea in their recent league game, and I thought, we can get out of these guys. Their, their defence is shot to pieces in some respects. Um, but it's Chelsea. You know, They might drop their striker for the next five games, <clears> so <throat> that might help us. Um, the best of Lukaku. Teacher, what do you reckon about this Chelsea fixture, man? I'm do we have, oh, you know, the second leg is at, at, at the lane, so I think that's a positive. But what do you reckon for next week? It's going to take some tough beating. I'm not going to lie. We're going to have to be at our very best to walk away from there with a positive result. Um, Stamford Bridge, it's a scary place to go to, especially if you're Spurs. Um, we don't... We. They have a similar system, so I feel like we're going to be matched almost man for man. And I think there's going to be battles all over the pitch. And I just think that Chelsea at this moment in time might be a bit more battle-hardened than we are. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to need everyone performing. We're going to need to be able to break these lot down. And I'm not sure that we're going to have the creativity needed to, 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 to play that progressive football and break the lines down in the manner in which we're going to need to do it. So, boy, hard to pick a result, but I'm going to go with it being... A st- I don't, do you know what? I don't think there's going to be lots of goals in it. I don't think no. there's going to be lots of goals. I don't think so. I think, I think it's going to be quite a strict game, and I think there's going to be fine margins that make the difference, and I'm going to go over 1-0 Spurs. Oh, one nil Spurs away from home. The faith Jeez. is strong. The force is strong. <laughs> wow. Uh, Owen, what do you reckon? Chelsea at the bridge under the lights Wednesday night um, cup game. A um, couple of things that give me a bit of hope. When we played them last season in the Carabao Cup, we fielded the most improvised lineup you could think of. I managed to escape from pens. Uh, this was Fat Frank in charge, though. So Fat Frank take Fat Frank tax has to be applied. <laughs> but um, they've been looking very lethargic in the last few games, to be honest. And I know they've been quite harshly hit with COVID and injuries at the same time. So they've been limited to using only a certain amount of players. Where we've kind of come out of that stage. Now, um, quite luckily, even though we've been accused of being postponement FC, um, I think as long as we can match them more for energy, uh, especially being doing what Brighton did 
at the bridge um, last night at the time of recording, getting that last minute equalizer. So I think we can get away from there with a one-one. Obviously, I still think they're going to have more quality than us. Um, Lukaku seems fired up now from these quotes he's coming out with in the media, whether he'll be dropped or he'll come back. Um, a new man is is going to remain to be seen. But yeah, man, as long as we can obviously match them up with the with the systems as teacher alluded to, which we, we obviously will, and uh, we come with more energy, we can try and negate that quality gap as much as possible and come away with a one-man result. I think it's doable, if not a nil-nil. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, like I said, the energy, that's one thing we haven't had away from home. We haven't started well. Um, mm. I I think if we can, it's, it's one of the ones you just go, don't lose. Don't, yeah. don't lose the game. You've got the second leg to come, don't lose, you know. Um, if it's a one-goal deficit, then okay, maybe a bit of hope, but just don't lose. If it's one all. And take that, you know. I don't think there's going to be many goals, um, as we just said. I think it'd be it'll be close. Um, whoever wins, I think it'll be a one goal win in a uh, gap between the two teams. Um, but I'm kind of hoping for a draw, and then I, I I do feel confident in the second leg at the lane. Um, Conte, the energy from from the crowd. I think you know we've got something quite special, hopefully brewing at the lane, um, which can help and take us over the hump. Um, I'm sure it's going to be tasty either way. Uh, the way Rudiger is playing at the moment, I just, you know, I'm just praying for our, our wingers and their legs because he's, he's flying into tackles. Um, <laughs> obviously, they've got issues. Like I said, um, Alonso is probably going, they're only out and out wing back. Reece James is injured. Chilwell is injured. Let's see if they buy anyone in the next few days. You know, we know they've got that power to do that. Um, but it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. Very interesting matchup. Um, so yeah, so let's see if we can get through that by the next time we are recording, we'd have those games in the bag and hopefully we are as happy as was mentioned earlier. Um, we're going to round it up there. I want to thank my brilliant cast. Um, I likened them to a strike duo earlier. Obviously we've got a front three now with Owen coming in with a third man run, a bit like Deli Ali used to do in his prime um, mm-hmm. about five, six years ago, wasn't it? Um, teacher, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> something like that. Um, something like that. But yeah, guys, it's been great. Um, it's been great to have you back on. Like I said earlier, the OG um, of the pod. And guys, for, for those of you listening, we do wish you a happy new year. This is coming out on the first. Uh, make sure you follow everyone on their socials. Follow New Spurs Order, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you find us. Like, share, tell your cousin, tell your uncle. Even our rivals love listening to us. Um, so whoever you support, be involved. Um, and we will see you next week. Peace. Peace. Let's Sports Social Podcast Network.